Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Strevens. And, you know, as I've said, to get to 100 episodes of the North Bank Media Podcast by the end of the year, I'm going to have to do a couple extra solo rants uh, just to make sure I make it. Um, you know, as, as you know, I, I do one, uh, one in 10, basically, and uh, we might sprinkle in two in every 15, let's say, as we close out the year and I sit down and kind of further work on some ideas that I have been working on. Uh, as, we, as I've been going along. So again, I do appreciate those of you that are watching, listening. Please, by all means, if you are watching, if you subscribed, if you're even checking out one episode a month or 10, 10 minutes a, a week, whatever, please, you know, comment on the YouTube videos, uh, you know, get at me on Instagram, North Bank Media Podcast, and, and share your thoughts and maybe we can have a conversation or maybe you've, whatever it is, you know, I, I'm trying to build a community. I'm trying to help these ideas grow and, and, and change and improve. So it takes, it takes all of us. It's not just me. This is just <laughs> the ramblings of a mental man until somebody takes them and, and helps me shape them. So that's what the, that's what the show's all about. That's the show's uh, raison d'etre. That's French for reason to be. And the other theme of the show, actually, is me using big words to, to sound smart. So we're off and running in that regard. I think originally the plan here today, it's it's Thanksgiving here in Canada, Monday, October 11th. Uh, you know, the original plan here for me, I think, was to come down and do kind of a one-sided, uh, you know, one-dimensional kind of self-centered, what I'm grateful for uh, rundown. But I, what I'm thankful for, you know. But I don't know that that helps uh, as many people as I'd like to think. And if, if the show were to help anybody, I think maybe we could, we could dive a little deeper on, 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 on some ideas rather than just me telling you what I'm thankful for in my privileged life, <laughs> you know, privileged enough anyway. So I was thinking about a conversation that I had with a, with a friend. Um, and he, we were trying to lock, you know, nail down a date for him to come on the podcast. And that is forthcoming. We've finally done so. And we, we had a date picked and he said, well, you know, it's Truth and Reconciliation Day in Canada. Maybe it's best if we uh, put our voices on hold for a day and, um, or don't mention that we're recording on this day and, 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 you know, in that way elevate or, you know, allow Indigenous voices to come to the forefront. And I, I have no problem with that in, in, in theory, really. I think that's a fine idea. Um, I said, though, I don't know about Truth and Reconciliation Day as an idea. I don't, I think maybe in some ways it's gestural. Uh, of course, it comes, I think, from a compassionate place, from a from a place of, of guilt and of of understanding the wrongs that were no doubt committed um, against the indigenous population of this country in the past and and continuing on to this very day. Now, that's not my issue, uh, and so I guess in some ways, TRC Day, which was I forget, it was in late September, I believe, mid to late September. He said, "Well, you know, we kind of got into a back and forth about it, and said, well." You know, I, I think that's fair if you if you want to hold space for indigenous voices, as they say. Uh, but I don't know that I don't know that that in and of itself uh, is is a good thing or a positive thing or as constructive a thing as we'd like to think. Uh, but we did, anyways, end up postponing the podcast, and we we talked a bit back and forth. And he said, "Well, I think Truth and Reconciliation Day. I think it makes more sense than Thanksgiving." And uh, at the time, I agreed, I think. I said, well, I hear what you're saying. And I, I think I, I agree with the sentiment, you know. Um, I agree with the sentiment that if you consider Thanksgiving to be a colonial or a settler's holiday, and, uh, you know, it's been painted in some ways as a, as a time when, at least the myth there is that, you know, European settlers uh, invited 
indigenous people to the table and had 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 meals and before you know killing them and stealing the land um i that turned out to be less accurate than i thought uh, in in some of the reading that i did but um i guess the issue there was that i that i had as i thought about it for weeks later was like does does truth and reconciliation day make more sense than Thanksgiving, because those are the words he used, and this is not like an underhand slight at, at this guy. He's a great friend of mine, and we're going to pr- hopefully talk about this very issue soon. Um, and I agreed at the time, but maybe I didn't necessarily know what I was really agreeing to or what I was what I was thinking. And that being said, as much as I say that Truth and Reconciliation Day is is in some ways gestural, and in some ways it it's it's the beginning of a conversation that does need to happen. Um, does it make more sense than Thanksgiving? I would say no. Uh, I would say that they 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 both have equal importance uh, in my life, at least, and I think in our culture. But that's if we're willing to dive in on what it what it truly means for each individual. And again, that's a big part of the show. Is yes, there's cultural traditions, there's constructed, you know, shared meaning. But uh, I think for 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 any real uh, change of progress to happen, it's on the level of each individual to to dive in and, and see what. What does truth and reconciliation mean to you? What does Thanksgiving mean to you? So, um, this this the theme of this rambling will will be less about truth and reconciliation um, and, and more about Thanksgiving. But to say that to say that um, to say that Thanksgiving makes more sense than truth and reconciliation, I, I don't agree. Uh, as I say, I think they hold they make equal sense, and I think they're of equal necessity. Um, I think that right now we're in a time where uh, long-held traditions and beliefs are being called into question, such as Thanksgiving. Um, and I, I think that's a good thing. I pretty much will always agree that if tradition and, and long-held ideas are, are meant to stand the test of time, they need to be repeatedly questioned. Uh, we can't just blindly go forward uh, with these ideas and not not be thinking about what they really mean or where they came from. And I would say, too, how they can evolve. Like, you know, this idea that tradition and belief is is somehow completely immutable I don't agree with either. I think that in some ways, sure, it is. Um, how's that autofocus doing? <laughs> it's hunting, isn't it? I'll just, I'll, I'll move less. <laughs> I'll sit stone still. Right, but as I was saying, I don't, I don't believe that the doing away with ideas and traditions uh on a whole scale level without much thought towards why we're getting rid of them uh, is necessary. I don't think that getting rid of ideas on the whole without examining them, manipulating them, changing them, understanding them as deeply as possible is a good idea. Oh, that's a big duck. You know, and we're, I'm certainly, certainly not in favor of doing away with people, you know, canceling people, firing people, whatever, without giving them a shot at repentance. But this is sort of a sidebar anyway. Um, but when it comes to Thanksgiving, there's actually a movement in the United States to declare it a national day of mourning. And I, I want to touch on that uh, too as well. Because I can, that's the same sentiment as Truth and Reconciliation Day makes more sense than Thanksgiving in Canada. It's not, it, it comes from a place, I believe, of compassion and of one that we could find a logical reasoning behind, but one that I think is inherently flawed, uh, rhetorically flawed at least. So, 
what I decided then at least was that maybe a little bit of history, a little bit of educating myself for a change was necessary here. So um, Thanksgiving was first celebrated by Europeans in North America in the year 1578. It was explorer Martin Frobisher, English explorer Martin Frobisher, and his crew had just landed... Uh, I found conflicting reports in what is now Nunavut or perhaps Baffin Island. Maybe that's the same thing. I got to really brush up on my Canadian history and geography. But nevertheless, Frobisher and his Christian English uh, expedition crew who were looking, there was it was a mining. They were they were after ore, ultimately uh, landed and just thanked God Almighty that they made it because to, to sail from England to the Arctic in 1578, <laughs> you're thanking somebody for making it. You know, thank God, I guess, is as good as anything. Um, so that actually predates the American Thanksgiving, I guess, in Massachusetts, Plymouth, I think, uh, by over 40 years. Um, and as I said, they, there was a chaplain uh, on, on the crew, on the ship, and, and they he performed a, a Christian rite of, of thankfulness, and they did eat. Uh, sounded like they probably ate a little more than they would have been rationed normally. So... That, that's the first instance of a sort of informal but still recorded thanksgiving uh, on North American shores, again, by uh, European settlers. Now, I understand there's more to this debate, and we'll continue here. Or there's more to this sort of idea, and we'll continue down the line. 1606, Samuel de Champlain ordered feasts to take place in Port Royal, actually as a means of preventing scurvy. And Micmac, you know, indigenous uh, members of the Micmac tribe were invited, and they apparently ate and drank and fired off their guns so it sounds like a pretty lit uh celebration sounds like a good time um again i don't i mean again yes were the micmac dispossessed marginalized genocided i'm not as familiar as the eastern part of the world or the eastern part of the country's experience with with the uh colonialization but i can imagine that it wasn't all uh eating and drinking and firing off guns for fun um but i think it is interesting that these two early instances of European Thanksgiving in Canada were were in a in some way out of necessity, right? Like these guys felt the need to thank God for their survival and their arrival in the New World, and, and Champlain ordered these feasts. You know, a sort of uh, disproportionate allocation of of resources, if you will, the food, uh, in hopes of preventing scurvy, and then inviting the Micmac, I guess, for a little flavor. I don't know, out of out of <laughs> out of good goodwill, perhaps. Um, but this is obviously the beginning of Thanksgiving as a colonial celebration and, of course, rooted in, in Christianity. Um, I was reading an article of, in the Vancouver Sun that I'll link to. I believe the historian's name was Harold Johnson, and he, he made an interesting point. He's actually of Cree and Swedish descent, so that's an interesting mix. And he's a historian, I think a lawyer, author. Uh, and he, he said that the portrayal of thanksgiving as the settlers sharing with the with the micmac indigenous people is actually a perversion this idea is a perversion he believes it was the other way around he says that the settlers in there's instances where the settlers may not have survived without the micmac uh, mercy and charity those are my words but essentially his point was that the micmac that was the micmac who were doing the giving and the settlers that should have been thankful but and of course, long before Europeans and indigenous North Americans met, they were both celebrating and giving thanks at this time of year um, for the harvest, you know, for the bounty of what they were able to produce uh, in the summer and the spring and summer, right? So this is, 
you know, European peasants and indigenous North Americans would have held celebrations of harvest at this time of year before their respective peoples ever met. And, and Harold Johnson even goes on to say that the indigenous people in North America had advanced gratitude ceremonies, days-long celebrations, you know, whatever that looks like, dancing, feasting, you know, you name it. I'm not, I'm not completely an expert on it, obviously. Uh, but you can imagine that, that of course, it's, it's in the human, it's, it's, it's a very human action to, I would say, to, to give thanks to a, to a higher power. And we, and we see that, um, of course, as I said, we see it in these, in these colonial instances, and, and we still see it today. I think it's not uncommon for, for many families to begin Thanksgiving dinner with a prayer. And then, of course, we see it in the indigenous um in the indigenous communities and, and uh, traditions, because it's it's necessary to give thanks to something outside of yourself. That's the whole point. And it's in these early cases, it was very necessary to give thanks, like truly necessary. They felt that their survival depended on their gratitude. So how about that? How about that's the issue? Is that your survival depends on your gratitude? And I like that. I like that Johnson Johnson's sort of part in the in the article ends with him saying, you know, it's not my job to, or it's not my role to to tell people how to give thanks or to criticize people um, on, on on how they choose to give thanks. And I think that is that is fundamentally important, of course. I think that's actually the important point that I would hope to make today is that. Uh, and I've talked about this before. I call it sort of a tribal absurdism or a shared set of values, where it's like the world is chaotic the universe is nonsensical we can work together to make meaning in this universe uh, but we we truly we truly cannot impose our understanding and our our values and our meaning on other people without them truly themselves accepting it and and holding it to be true i mean we can uh, we can understand differing sets of values but for me to tell you that you can't be thankful or or, or vice versa for you to tell me that i cannot be thankful uh, for one thing, or how I show my gratitude, um, I think is patently false. It's wrong. It's it's not even that it's wrong or false. It's just that it's not possible. We all give thanks in our own way. So it got me thinking about this idea about tradition being forged in blood. Tradition being forged in blood. Like we could say that in the sense that tradition is passed down f- through bloodlines from generation to generation within a family or even the way behavior in animals is passed down through the bloodlines. Um, you know, tradition requires blood, but it also, I think, in some sense requires bloodshed. So let's, let's turn again now to colonial Canada. Um, Canada was founded on a genocide. If, if not a full-on genocide, if you don't want to go that far, you'd have to agree that it was at least a cultural whitewashing in the name of God, in the name of the Queen, in the name of, you tell me. But what happened here was a, was a direct attempt to wipe out or to uh, assimilate forcibly uh, with little regard for others, uh, on other many, many, many storied and long-living, long-lived traditions and cultures that were here. What I mean to say was they were forcibly assimilated against their will. If you don't want to call it a genocide, you have to at least accept the methods that the, the, the Europeans used against the indigenous North Americans uh, were 
were with the, the mind to wipe out, flatten, assimilate their culture into their own. Right, but all things great, all nations, all families, all people have roots in conflict, in death, and in sorrow. Okay, it's incumbent, I think, on the generations of the present to accept this, accept that, yes, this great nation, Canada, which provides plenty to its citizens and plenty to other people, was founded on genocide, on bloodshed, on conflict, on death, and a certain amount of sorrow is necessary. A certain amount of sorrow is necessary. And, and so when we talk about, do we, when we say, okay, well, Thanksgiving uh, or Truth and Reconciliation Day makes more sense than Thanksgiving, I say no. I say they make an equal amount of sense because they, there's an equal tradition or an equal set of values in each of those ideas that needs to be preserved. Truth and Reconciliation Day fundamentally is about well, truth and reconciliation, but there is a certain amount of sorrow. There's an admission of guilt. There's an admission of, of wrongdoing, of wrong thinking. But it's also a, a, a sort of a reconciliation in the sense that we have to understand that back when those things happened, our understanding of the world and of ourselves and of what was necessary was was different, no doubt. I mean, that 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 sort of... Um, imperial pursuit of greed or greedy pursuit of of land and power and resources you know clouded obviously the judgments of people and life was carnage and bloodshed back then less so than it is today and to view a, a race of people as being lesser than i would have never of course um justify it by any means but i can understand how that view could be held we have to reconcile the fact that we've evolved. We don't think that way anymore. But to throw everything away, to throw away the entire country as we've built it, is not necessary, I don't believe. I believe that we can hold space for that sorrow in the national discourse, in the national fabric, in the national character, and in our personal character. We, we have to, I think, and we have to say to ourselves, I'm a Canadian, or I am, us Canadians can say that, I'm a Canadian. A lot of the prosperity and the greatness that I experience is, is, or at least came alongside of, a lot of suffering on a lot of people's parts. Now, again, you may recall when I spoke with Will Will Cardinal Maurer on the show back in June. He, he's a bit more radical than that. He's he's Métis. Um, he feels a little stronger than that than I do about that. He he himself says. I am a threat to Canada's existence. You know, he, he, he himself would favor, and I don't want to speak for him, a real radical rethinking of what this nation is. You know, you may have seen Canada spelled with three Ks before. It's that sort of radical thinking. And I don't, I'm not looking to combat that today. I'm not looking to take that on. Um, but again, that's, that's a sort of radical progressive uh, ideal of a sort of denational, a denationing process. Um, I, I guess myself, I would favor what I what I what I said before is holding space for the fact that there was sorrow, bloodshed, murder, conflict. But in this, in today's age, we don't have to continue with that, right? Today's day and age, the generations or the generation that's present today and tomorrow, we can work together to build Canada into what it could be. 
You know, all nations, I think, all borders are forged by blood. Bloodshed, conflict, death. That doesn't have to be the story going forward. Although, as I've said before, that is seemingly the human condition. Dividing, creating borders, and creating conflict over those borders. Whether those are borders between ideas, personalities, mental illnesses, (laughs) uh, sports teams. You name it. It's what we do. There's a movement in the United States to declare, as I said, Thanksgiving in the States a national day of mourning. And again, we have to uh, admit or at least understand here that there is some difference between Canadian Thanksgiving and American Thanksgiving. Um, I'm not completely aware of, of those differences. I didn't read that far on the Wikipedia page, I guess. I was actually on the Canadian Encyclopedia um, for whatever reason. But... Again, that's the same sentiment as that's the same sentiment as uh, you know, Truth and Reconciliation Day makes more sense than Thanksgiving. Well, I think I think we need to be a bit more adult about this, and that's that's the wrong word. We need to be a bit more open-minded, I would say, about about that sentiment. It's like I understand the compassion and the guilt, and the, and also too the the fact that there needs to be a radical doing away with of a tradition in order to to implant this new tradition. Like, we can't just be side by side. I understand that idea. I I don't think I agree with it. But I'm wondering if these gestural and radical ideas, such as getting rid of Thanksgiving and implanting some sort of day of mourning, I'm wondering if if that does more for the disunity, if that does more... Uh, for the division of the people and works against unity. I think it does more of that than anything. Call me out if, if that's wrong. You know, there's enough days in this year. If, you know, if you feel like you need a day to mourn the death of your ancestors, which rightly so, maybe pick another one. But maybe two, when we talk about Thanksgiving, when we choose to give thanks... Maybe we have to make a, a part of that thanksgiving, of that gratitude about the sorrow, about, about what we're thankful that we didn't have to truly witness. And, of course, too, we understand that trauma moves through the bloodlines, just like tradition. And maybe be thankful that by the time it got to you, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Or by the time it got to you, you could understand it well enough to manage it. Uh, you know, by the time the trauma made its way to you, at least maybe you could have the tools in this modern world to deal with it. I'm, I'm all I'm all for making Thanksgiving not a day of mourning necessarily, but how about a how about a rethinking of the tradition, right? That I think is what we could move towards. Like I've talked about on this show, well, what does it look like? What does it look like to reimagine what it means to be human? You know, and 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 perhaps. Perhaps part of that is opening up our traditions to scrutiny and widening, broadening, allowing those traditions to evolve. So if Thanksgiving becomes a a time to give thanks, a time to appreciate the bounty of what this world has to offer, but also being thankful that you yourself were not part of the hell that existed in this country at one time, and again, I know where I'm coming from. There, there's plenty of people who would disagree with that sentiment and say, no, that hell still exists. Well, I would say that hell exists all over the place and no more so than in your own heart and mind. But, you know, we're getting a little bit 
away from the point. And so I understand this idea that if you yourself are in favor of this radical rethinking of, of, of Thanksgiving or a radical rethinking of any tradition, that it, it's not your job to educate me, right? You've heard this before. It's not my job to educate you about why these things are wrong. Like it's, it's right. Like that, remember Bo Burnham on inside with the sock puppet. It's like, read a book or something, you know, like it's, it's not my job to explain to you why Thanksgiving is a, I hate the word problematic, but why Thanksgiving is a sort of loaded term. But also, it's been made that way in, in the myths and the minds of many other people. Thanksgiving is ta- as a time purely to give thanks. It's just, it's that harvest season gratitude ceremony. Uh, if you see it as a time when, when the colonial powers that be the settlers the ancestors of the settlers celebrate stepping on the skulls of your ancestors well then don't celebrate it but i would then caution you don't don't throw out the whole idea of being grateful right so i understand that it's not the job of those who feel marginalized dispossessed uh you know the the sort of ancestral victims of genocide it's not their job to educate uh, those who, who haven't experienced that, it's not their job to educate them on, on these ideas. That's something you often hear, and I understand that. Maybe it is. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's not enough to just complain, 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 and then say, well, it's not my job to explain to you why that's a problem. you got to do the hard work, I think, in this world. And you have to, if an idea matters enough to you, you got to force it on people. I would say too, in some ways, I'm. I find this an interesting issue because myself, on my father's side, there is indigenous blood. As, you know, my my great grandmother was Métis. My grandmother herself was a residential school survivor. And uh, yesterday, I gathered with my father and his family, and some family friends. My mom, everybody was there, and we had one of the most earnest and bountiful Thanksgivings. Uh, that I can recall. Everybody gave, you know, and everybody, I truly believe, was thankful to be together. And so I think, I think more than anything, that's what it's about. These radical ideas of doing away with, with long-held traditions, I think are less about the ideas and the traditions and the values and more about this idea, more about a sort of idea of control. And I think we've seen at least in the last year and a half, as, as tired as this discussion is getting, we've seen ways in which we as people are as out of control as can be. Like, meaning the world, our lives, we are not in control of them, right? Like, and, and, and then on the flip side of that coin is like the self-mastery to control yourself and not just completely spiral into whatever, Pick, pick one of the seven deadly sins and then some is, is damn near impossible. So this idea of control, we're not in control of our own mortality in many ways. We're not in control of ourselves in many ways. We're certainly not in control of these big giant institutions that, that more and more rule our lives. I don't have to go into it, but I will. Media, politicians, government, education, social media, <clears throat> 
we understand that as an individual, there's a lot, there's not a lot of things that I'm truly in control about, in control of. And so what, 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 what is not uncommon to see is the attempt to control something, control the narrative, right? Like control the narrative. I, I think, right. It's that same old thing, that same old imposing of my ideals over yours to say, well, you don't get to have Thanksgiving because I have some misgivings about it. So to manipulate the, the narrative and ma- manipulate the, the, I guess, the forging and the ongoing um, evolution or the ongoing uh, passing down of tradition is, is a way to exert some form of control. When I guess I would argue that if, if that's the way you're playing it, uh, again, I understand that. I think it's, you know, you, you may not be getting the results you want because you're not starting here. It's like, again, if you have misgivings about Thanksgiving... Uh, rightly so you yourself have to look inside and choose what to be thankful for then you know like he's out of focus again folks see if he'll come back (laughs) I can understand why it would be enticing to disrupt the narrative to prevent others from, from having their traditions but I, w- I would say that that's a sickness. I would say that that's a result of... It's a result of giving into trauma and into... Well, here's the, here's the thing. What I've found, at least. What traumatized me in my life is not something I speak about publicly. But the healing of the trauma came from partially actually mostly going directly into the site of the trauma and doing the work so if you yourself i would say have issues with thanksgiving and you think instead it should be a day of mourning perhaps ask yourself why are you unable to be thankful why why do you think that others should not have the right to be thankful and to be grateful and then maybe think about yourself what you're grateful for and Again, I don't mean to preach. Do whatever you want. Don't do any of this. Just continue raging on Twitter. Although, as Dave Chappelle said, and the man is a genius, Twitter is not a real place. So let's maybe have some real discussions. But, again, that's, that's what I was able to do this morning, was think about, well, what's the problem with Thanksgiving? Oh, it's the same thing I've been raging about. You don't get to tell me how to be thankful, but I'm more than willing to listen to maybe why you yourself are not thankful, and maybe we can get to a place where we can all be thankful. (laughs) And you can understand, and I've been like this, I'm still like this. When I am out of control, I seek to control something, and sometimes we seek to control others. You know, we all require a little bit of, we all desire a little bit of power, sometimes in control. I'm no moral, I'm no moral, uh... (laughs) No moral statue. But I would, I would, I would, that'd be my, my closing thought at least, or the, the end of this rant that I'm not sure how it went. I think it went all right. Beautiful day out here on the North Bank. Whatever it is that's traumatizing you, and it's coming out in a way of it's this radical, this radical attempt to manipulate the narrative, to, to, to change and to control and to coerce, dive headlong into that because if it's making you unhappy that's where the that's where the issue lies right if you are unable to be thankful 
or you, you feel others should not be thankful, dive in and see what you actually are thankful for. But this human notion of control, and I think we're seeing it, well, we see it in a lot of ways, and I can't speak as eloquently on it because I didn't prepare enough notes on it, but let me just say one thing that I want to tease on the show as we go forward. You saw in institutions and in individuals a deep need to control others' behaviors. You're seeing it with with pro and anti-vax. You're seeing it with mask and anti-mask, all that tired COVID crap. Um... We are coming towards the tail end of the pandemic if we're not there already. The pivot, I think, will be next to climate. What I mean to say is once COVID is, once they've wrung all the control and all they've installed all the authoritarian um, means on us that they can, and COVID has moved on, and we've moved on, and we've moved on from it, Make no mistake about it, or at least I feel truly that the next the next move then will be climate. And we're all going to be made to feel guilty about our existence on this earth because of the climate. And again, I'm not well versed enough to go much further than that. I do need to do some reading. I do need to get on top of this issue. Climate change alarmism versus reasonable, rational things that we can do uh, to for sustainability let's say of our of our resources of our environments of ourselves those are two different things so whether it's Greta Thunberg coming back in or they they find some other younger more Nordic looking child uh, make no mistake about it climate change will become the new COVID and there will be whether it's crippling lockdowns limited movement limited consumption of resources that's what's coming i think and i don't mean to just get up on the soapbox and rant like a lunatic uh it's something i want to talk about sincerely and you know sincerely because surely humans are having an impact on the climate but um for us here in a small northwestern corner of the world uh, to just needlessly clamp down on certain things, I suppose, while China and India, for instance, continue to burn coal with very little regulation, I don't see. I don't see how that makes sense. And I, leading by example is not really a thing in in international affairs. I don't think. So, that is somewhere I'd like to go. I, and I think this notion of of human control and its control through manipulating the narrative, um, through imposing a set of ideals, right, like. We, we, we saw quite clearly, and I talked enough about it in the last episode, render unto Caesar, render unto God, this idea that suddenly now we're using religious terms to talk about the political. You will make no mistake, you're seeing it, you will see it in the forefront as we go through the 20s, um, where climate change is now this, this religious cataclysm that we, that we need religious language to talk about, and, and we all need to feel guilty, and we all need to feel sinful about our participation in it. Um, so that's definitely something I'm looking forward to examining because I'm sure sick of examining COVID. I don't think I'm going to do it anymore. And um, I don't know. Let me know what you think. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I do think climate change is the next sort of religious apocalypse that we will be um, that we will be served um, by way of all those institutions looking to exert control over our lives. <laughs> so, with that said, I would like to take a moment to come back into focus would be really nice for this part still some work to do with this tech setup i'm a professional videographer if you can believe it
and the autofocus is just not helping me these days. But okay, we'll get going on this idea, and maybe if I move and come back in, you got me? Yeah, you got me. And I come back, and there I am. I would like to take a moment to be grateful. I'd be grateful for this very space right here. I have been sort of cautious about doing land acknowledgements. Um, again, I think they're gestural. I'm not, I think they come from a place of compassion. I think they are necessary, but I don't know how much good they truly do. If they raise awareness, fine. Like, check me on all this. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's the start of a, of a conversation that needs to be had. But I, I am more than willing to say that I am very thankful for this land, this river, and this, this country. Um, I fully understand that there are people here long, long before my ancestors were, and that they were dispossessed. Uh, I would love to talk to people... Uh, whose ancestors um, were those that were dispossessed. I would love to have more conversations with Indigenous people on this land, about this land. Thankful for the podcast. Thankful for you, the viewer and listener, if, if you're out there, or if it's just all, you know, Indian and Russian bots. I'm thankful for the bots as well. Family, friends. Um, I'm thankful for this distinction between ideas and people. Um, I'm thankful for uh, an occupation which I was doing up until March 11th, 2020, that I've returned to in the past weeks. That's a, it's my dream job. I couldn't be more thrilled to be there. And it's back with some of the best people that I know. Grateful to be healthy, grateful for family, friends, a bountiful year. And um, there's not much more to say. I just, I hope that maybe some of this helped. And again, it's, less control and more letting it go and by let it go i mean double back and dive into where the trauma and where the issues are seated and and therein lies the solution and don't don't feel guilty about being thankful and don't be guilty about um pursuing and teaching traditions to those who come underneath you but but be willing to let those traditions evolve i think and i'm gonna try and do a little bit of that myself as this weekend plays out so Thank you for listening to the North Bank Media Podcast. As always, uh, you can contact me through Instagram. It's probably the best way. would love to talk to anybody. If you've got a small business, we're doing some more sort of profiles in small business. And yeah, we're, we're trucking through to the end of the year. We're going to make 100. Thank you for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to the North Bank Media Podcast. If you enjoy this conversation, Please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe as well and leave a five-star review. Mm-hmm.